Hi, my name is Gustavo and I am recording from Brazil. This is my first podcast actually and uh, considering that tomorrow you're going to celebrate the annual Autism Awareness Day, I decided to record this and maybe if it works out I'm probably going to do some more about my life as an autistic adult and what types of challenges I have to face every day in order to continue with my life and be happy after all. Uh, my name is Gustavo, as I said, I'm 42 years old and I was diagnosed uh, one year ago. And I'm going to tell you a little bit of my history. A lot of these podcasts helped me a lot during the process of getting my diagnosis. Uh, it all started about five years ago when I realized that something was not quite right with me. Since my childhood, since the first days of my life that I remember, that I recall, I always had problems socializing. I always had the same kind of problems that have uh, annoyed me for quite a long time. And I have two daughters now, I'm married, and my younger daughter had otitis, and I think she remained with a little water in her right ear, uh, inside of, actually, I'm sorry, I don't know the names, uh, I'm not a physicist. But anyway, she had to be submitted to a surgery, but before that she was having some symptoms that my wife and I decided to look for a, a possible autism diagnosis. And it ended up that she doesn't have any problem, she doesn't have autism, but she had to have a surgery and that was very simple to resolve and now she's listening very well and socializing. But the problem was with me. When I started to uh, study about autism and about the diagnosis of getting, uh, getting a di diagnosis, I somehow I identified myself with the thing. And all the characteristics, all the symptoms that the literature are, were explaining to me, I always had something about that. And I took some online tests, that was three years ago, and they all had the same result. Very, very positive for autism. And one of them was, I think, at the Canadian Association uh, uh, or something, it was uh, like an, an official one. And it said in the end, go and, and look for a physician, look for a psychiatrist and try to look for someone, a professional that could help you. And it took me two years to go and schedule uh, an appointment with a psychiatrist and after a few sessions I realized and the diagnosis was final I had ASD level level 1 or high functioning autism or like my psychiatrist explained to me I used to have something called Aspender syndrome and a few characteristics that I have uh, I read that there, there are so many types of autism as the number of autistic people. So, if you think you have autism, I think the first uh, thing you should do is look for, uh, maybe an online test could help you just to know if you have something, some tendency, but try to respond the questions with your heart quite open, as we say in Brazil. Try to not be biased by the necessity and intending to getting a formal and positive diagnosis. You may not have autism. Most of people does not have autism. 
if this is uh, a condition restricted to some percentage of the world population and very more common in boys than in girls as I read so I have a few characteristics that I'd like to share with you the first is the meltdowns I had a few meltdowns during my life uh, my mother died when I was nine years old and uh, I remember before that at six I couldn't go to school for a year I refused to go I don't know exactly what happened because all the people that were involved in that process died my, my parents uh, my mother a long time ago my grandmother and everybody that could provide me with any information about what happened but as far as I remember and I have some information I refused to go to school when I was six and I stayed about a year out of school and I went to a lot of psychiatrists uh, uh, I did some therapy and my parents had uh, money to, to afford a treatment but nobody knew what, what, what I had at that time but that problem continued for uh, I remember at least like five or six times in my uh, when I was a kid and then during adolescence that I did have some meltdowns that was very serious but recently about three two years ago I had a very serious meltdown during a children's party my daughter I have two daughters at that, at that time I just had one and she was uh, playing with her friends was a nice environment but somehow a lot of people uh, gathered a lot of people talking loud some noises I could just stand and I started to connect the dots and in my life as far as I remember I probably went to one or two concerts in my entire life I, I, I cannot stand being at a concert in a concert I cannot stand the loud the loudness uh, the lights and especially all those people together hugging themselves and touching that's something very very stressful for me and that's just uh, the first one as number two I would say social communication I do have some serious problems to get what people are trying to tell me and now that I uh, look back I see that all the difficulty meeting new people looking them in the eyes speaking clearly with them had an explanation and it's really bad in my heart that I spent almost 40 years, 42 years actually, thinking that I had a serious problem, that it was my fault, that I could not go to a concert, that I could not go to a party with too many people, that during Carnival, which in Brazil is a very, very big thing, especially for if you have 16 or 17 years old, your parents, your friends, all of them expect that you go to party and to dance and to listen to music and sometimes spending three four days just partying and drinking and whatever they do these days at that my time was not that different but i could not go i remember that one time I, my, my, my dad just told me yeah, you have to go you're 15 you have to enjoy yourself and i was always uh, asking them begging just to stay at home in my room i thought and everybody thought that it was related to my mother's death that as she died when I was nine and all the psychologists that I went after her death everybody thought at that time that I was shy that I could not speak with other people that because I lost my mother 
now I see that of course losing a mother at nine it sucks and it's a horrible horrible thing but it's not precisely exactly the reason why I had all those symptoms but as my psychiatrist sorry psychiatrist explained to me I think Asperger were included in the DSM uh, after 1993 I think and I was a, I, I, I was a big guy at then so uh, I, I, I now I see the problems I have problems to understand the expectation of others within conversations I hate to have small talk or simply talking to other people about something like the weather or like the traffic is bad or whatever I have problems to continue those kinds of conversation I usually stay quiet or I say too much trying to keep going because my thoughts I think in my mind I'm pretty logic and I just have to be logic all the time I cannot understand the feelings or maybe the moment of it uh, when I start I, I work uh, as a judge in Brazil now and when I preside a hearing I just always try to say go to direct to the point and all right good afternoon let's start and people are just asking me and no come on uh, that's cultural in my country especially the place where I work the state where I live to have a small talk before but I always had problem with small talks and friendships that's a big thing for me at 42 I have today I can call like two friends one of them I met like three years ago and I never had any friends during uh, school especially in high school and I remember before that too and during college as well I went to two colleges first psychology I didn't finish and then law and I stayed more like nine years at university studying and I rem don't remember having just one single friend from there and now I see why I always thought that the problem was that my personality was very unique that I just was a different and weird guy but now I see that that's not a problem exactly with it's not something that I, I, I've chose something that is inside of me the way I am and having friends is still a problem I don't know exactly when to call if I'm going to call and naturally I'm just not going to call anyone and I'm gonna have a special podcast about social media I just don't have social media I never fit in any social media especially the the, 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 the message groups oh, sorry the message applications which in Brazil it's WhatsApp it's mostly used I cannot use WhatsApp I try to for a long time I try to have some groups as they call a lot of people combine typing all day I just cannot understand what they're saying and usually when when I write something it's I offend people but I'm, I, I don't want to offend them it's it's not voluntary please <laughs> try to understand and now I have one of the, the the characteristics that you have after you had got a diagnosis is trying to tell people hey come on I'm an, I have ACD I'm sorry about everything that I've done with you I wish I could do that but I'm not doing that I, I thought about doing but uh, I'm gonna make another spot special podcast about it the problem with getting a diagnosis at 42 is that in case you share that with someone the first thing she's, he's going she's going to say is I oh, don't look like I'm autistic guy I've met some autistic guy they like to move all the time they can speak they like to bite you or something and say no I'm not gonna bite you in the first place okay second uh, they probably have a very low functioning autism and there are many forms of autism even within the level one I think even within Asperger it's all a spectrum and the definition of spectrum comes from a Greek word which means the whole 
everything. It's a big, big thing. So I do have some neuro diversity, of course, but I have some, some characteristics that are very strong in me. Friendships, for example, is one of them. And I have two daughters. And the problem is you have to socialize all the time when you have little kids. And that's very, very difficult for me. My psychiatrist prescribed me one medication that helped me a lot. I'm just, take, I'm just taking when I have to go to a children's party or I have to go to some meeting or some big hearings. As a judge, I have to preside someone with a lot of people and noises and sounds and smell and everything annoys me. I'm going, that's a, a very specific topic. And I think I would say number one, social communication. Number two, still social communication, but about dating. I'm a heterosexual and uh, I was heterosexual when I was 17. And there was a big, big problem for me to kiss a girl or to even get close to one. And at that time, Brazil was still is a very traditional society, but it's getting better. But at that time, it basically a man should approach approach a girl or a woman in order to date or start some conversation on some flirting, and that was the problem. I had a very few girlfriends in my life. I started dating when I was 19 years old. Yes, long time, very old at my time. All my friends were having sex at like 15, and I was I haven't even kissed a girl at 19, and that was problematic for me. Uh, I still have problems to relate to that. Although I've been married for more than a decade now, very, very happy. But that time was a problem, was something, a situation in which uh, I went to a party, a few of the parties that I went to. Uh, I tried to approach girls. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to start a conversation. And absolutely impossible to even get them to <laughs> get laid or something more serious. That was impossible for me. And so my uh, sexual life began at 19 years old and I always had a girlfriend very short periods of my life that I, ha I didn't have anyone. I, I couldn't just be out, of, out in the world like going to parties and kissing and having some relationships with a lot of girls that was possibly uh, almost impossible for me. Number three. Problems speaking on the phone. Yes, I do have it. I just typed some script. That's why I'm reading a few sentences. I'm sorry. I don't know when speaking on the phone. I don't know exactly when is my time to say. My conversations are usually very, very short. And I'm always saying goodbye. All right. Thank you. All right. All right. Thank you. Just like trying to end, try to finish because it's annoying and traumatic for me to speak it on the phone. Number four. Number four. I don't like to read fiction. One exception, of course, that is Game of Thrones. I'm addicted. I've read. That's one another topic, which is the very focus and high interest in one thing. In the last uh, five years of my life, Game of Thrones occupied a significant part of my day. I've read the five books at least twice, and I'm already now Fire and Blood. It took a little t longer to get in Brazil, the original copy in English. So that's the only fiction that I, I, I read. Although GOT, Game of Thrones, is not precisely fiction. All right, they have the White Walkers and Dragons. But if you look at Westeros, which is the country, I'm sorry, I'm uh, deviating a little my subject here. But Westeros is basically England. Um, I think the wall is basically Adrian's wall, which was built by the Romans to prevent an invasion from the Scots 
at that time. And so Westeros and King's Landing is London, all right? And you have Essos, which is the other continent, which is North Africa and some maybe Asia with the Dothraki. For, for me, they are uh, based on Genghis Khan, I think, the, the kind of clothes they use and the, the arrow with the horse or anything else. I'm sorry, just the only fiction that I read is GOT. Hey, maybe Star Wars as well, but I don't read it, just watch it. And so I don't like to read fiction. I like to be, I like to read history and history books. For example, uh, Bernard Cornwell, it's another author that I like very much. And I'm gonna say it again, it's not precisely fiction. Uh, all the, the books that I read are based, have some, uh, some history-based content and I like it very much, uh, but uh, except from those authors, and in, in, in they are very specific in one subject, which is medieval history, so not seek comfort from other people. That's serious for me. Uh, as a child, my grandmother used to call me aloof. I, I looked at the dictionary to translate that, but I always had problems, have contact, intimate contact with even my parents, uh, grandmother, grandfather. They said that you not you don't want to be loved. You do not allow me to love you. That, that was a sentence that I heard a few times during my life, even from parents, but also from uh, one boss that I used to have. I, I was working in a law firm a few years ago, and I remember one of the members that when I, I, I asked to leave, uh, she said that, and it was very strong for me. I, I still remember the phrase, and now I understand what was going on. I liked them very much. And they liked me. It was a good relationship. But at, at one time, I decided to join the Navy and I just left. But they liked me. But I, I do not allow the people to like me or to love me. That's very strong in my personality. Of course, I have a wife for more than a decade. And I love her very, very much. And I think I allow her to love me. But even after uh, 11 years marriage, uh, yesterday was our uh, anniversary, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> and even... With someone that, that you are living for more than 10 years, it's a process to accepting getting loved and to understand that people are actually loving you. That's the problem with me. Sometimes you just don't understand. You don't get them. Okay, she's just a person. She besides me. But it's hard for us to understand and to get that level of intimacy, I think. And uh, uh, number six is daily routine. For me, it's very, very problematic when something happens that takes me out of my daily routine. I love my routine. I like to eat almost the same thing every day. I just have a few pieces of clothes that I wear constantly until they... But I, sometimes I like to buy new clothes, of course. I'm not saying that I, I, I'm minimalist. I'm trying to, but I'm not. Not yet. Not even close. But I just have a very small uh, number of clothes of pants, of shirts, especially shoes. And that's something with men that I, I've heard other friends that, they're not, uh, that they are not in the spectrum. They also say they have just one or two. But for me, it's difficult to have a lot of things. It's difficult to change my daily routine, to use a different clothes and a different moment. I wake up uh, every day. I have a time to wake up and I try to follow it. And it's not just discipline. It's because if I plan to train, uh, tomorrow, sorry, my training is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which I'm going to explain in a special podcast as well. It's absolutely related to helping people, and especially children and, and with autism. We had like two or three in our gym, and it was a very good experience. 
because one of them just joined the gym. He was she was uh, 12 or 13 years old and was a middle functioning autistic. She used to bite people, she used to scream, but after a few months just training jiu-jitsu with us, she was so much better and was not any medication, it was specifically the training. And the last one for today, uh, experience over or under sensitivity to sounds, touch and tastes. For me, sounds, I cannot be in a place where someone is singing or whistling. For me, it's just impossible. I just get crazy. It's not like, ah, I don't like that music or come on, she's uh, getting out of my focus. I think it's all about focus. The problem with people with autism who are within the spectrum, problem focusing or something. So you have to be part, uh, away from everything else in order to focus on, on, on anything, I think. And that's very, very strong in me. I cannot sleep with someone uh, sleeping, uh, sorry, someone singing or with any music or television, anything. I use uh, a special wax that the name is Kies, it's a French wax that you can mold it in your hand and when it's warmed, you can just simply adjust in your ear and it's going to get away from any sounds. That's very, very important. That's a very nice tip for you. And also interesting about me is clothing label. I cannot use it. Uh, all my shirts, I have taken off. I had to, to had took it off all my clothes label because I cannot uh, live with that feeling of something scratching your your neck or your your body. That's problematic too. Oh, thank you for today. I'm not sure whether someone's going to listen or going to understand my horrible English, but maybe I'll see if I come back. Thank you.